Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day.
Thanks, Brittany. Does she have a beautiful voice? The church looks beautiful this morning. So do the people. He is risen. Amen? Amen. Our Lord and Savior is risen in our life so we could have a new life. No longer held by sin and darkness. What a beautiful song. Fits perfectly, doesn't it? Amen. We are going to do a message on Easter Sunday, the resurrection power and the awesome power of the resurrection. But first, before we go there, we're going to go to Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 12. Did everybody do their homework? All right. Well, we're not going to be doing it this week, but next week we're going to be on you. So if you didn't do it, now is the chance to get catch up. But go to Romans chapter 12. We're going to begin in verse 1. As a reminder, the Holy Spirit is going to be taking over. So please prepare your hearts for the message to listen to see and hear what the Spirit is trying to say to the church this morning. Amen? Okay. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Give everyone a second to get there. We are using the black Bibles in the pews. If you want to follow along with me, or if you have your own Bible. A living sacrifice to God. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living in holy sacrifice. This is truly the way to worship him. The Bible tells us the truly way to worship him is to give yourself to him, body, mind, and spirit. And it says in verse 2 very strongly, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person or a new creation. And how is he going to do that? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, when he's talking about letting God transform you, changing the way you think, well, we're going to learn God's will by what? Reading his word. All that changes is our perception. The world doesn't change. As a matter of fact, it gets worse. As we start to see things in a spiritual lens, we see the degradation of society and how people are doing things which right in their own sight and not on what's God. Can I get an amen for this, please? The only thing that changes is our perception. He changes our mind as we learn to know his will for us as we continue in his word. Now, in verse 3, it says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given to me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. How about a big amen there? Each part of his body is very precious. One body, many parts. There's so many different parts of the human body. That's why everybody in the church has a specific function to play in the body of Christ. Not just one or two. 
Amen. All of us have a position. Now it says in verse 6, In his grace, and God is full of that, thank God, has given us different gifts for doing certain things very well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy or understand the Bible, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Amen. Look at verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. You know that quick saying, love you, love you. Empty, 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 empty words. It says, don't pretend, really love them, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Amen. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, always be ready to help them and always be eager to practice hospitality. Now, this is a very mature statement that they're saying here in verse 14, and I'm going to end with that one. Bless those who persecute you. This is a tough one, isn't it? We can't do that in this flesh, okay? The flesh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's why our ministry is geared towards growing spiritually. Can I get an amen for this? So we can, don't curse them, pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep and live in harmony with each other. How about a big amen for that? Amen. So we are going to continue on that scripture when we get back together next week. But please, study Romans 12. It's got the whole crux of being a Christian. Right there, it's all labeled in one, in one chapter. Amen? That was beautiful. Okay. We're going to talk about the resurrection this morning. And the power that each and every one of us do possess as Christians that you might think that you don't. But let me tell you something. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have way more power than you ever imagined. One thing, you have to believe it. Throughout history, okay, of all mankind, there has never been a more powerful event than the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He did what no other man or religion could ever do. He conquered death. And he lives still today. Critics have tried hard to find holes in the resurrection story, Skeptics have attempted to prove it didn't happen. Yet, his power continues to impact and change lives. Historical evidence and scriptural truth continue to remind the lost world that Jesus indeed did rise again. And he's made a huge difference in so many of our lives and in our world because of it. Now, I'll tell you for myself, he did a wonder, miraculous thing in my life. He took me out of the darkness and put me into the light. He took me from in the pit to the pastor. 
And that was the work of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Amen? That's an experience that each and every one of us has. He takes us out of the darkness and puts us into the light. And he gives all of us a spiritual gift. And he loves us. We have to understand our foundation is that we're saved. And we are going to heaven guaranteed. And we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. You cannot lose your salvation. It is a gift from God. Can I get an amen for this? We have to be stable there. Now, that position is perfect. Before God, we are perfect. This way, we're a work in progress, right? What we have to do is our sanctification. We have to let our condition down here line up with our position in Christ. And that's a process of sanctification all of us struggle each and every day to do. I'm not going to name them for that, including me. We all struggle to get there. But one thing's for sure. The moment Jesus died and you came, you accepted him as your Lord and Savior, he sealed you with his spirit, he put his Holy Spirit in you, and you could never, ever lose salvation. How about an amen for that? Thank you, Jesus, for that resurrection power. Now, the devil's going to try to make you think that you can by when we fail, and all of us do, but that has no condition on our salvation. It is a gift from God. The works that we do after we get saved are the fruit of our salvation, not the works to get saved. We already are. Amen? You can't improve on a perfect gift. I just want to clarify that. And just in case none of you have any doubts if you're going to heaven. If you believe in Jesus, heaven is your home, guaranteed. And he's going to build off of that foundation. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Amen? Trust in the Lord. We generally hear more about the resurrection of Jesus around Easter. When we remember the incredible price he paid on the cross and his victory over death. But the resurrection is not only an Easter story to be thought about just once a year. For every believer, whether we recognize it or not, it is a daily truth, our lifeline, and our hope. The very truth that Jesus rose from the dead constantly reminds us that no matter what we face today, what we've been through in the past, or what uncertainties are still ahead in all our tomorrows, Christ alone is our steadfast hope. He conquered death. He rose again victorious. And only he holds the power to make all things new again. He has risen. He breathes new life so we can live free. You can try to bury the power, but it won't stay there. You can try to bury truth, but it is not dead. You can try to bury love, but it cannot be contained. God, not dead. And we're not alone, my brothers and sisters. Jesus lives today, and he's proven, providing a place for us in heaven. His spirit is freely given to every believer to help us in this life. Thank you, Jesus. May he fill us fresh with, fresh, with the power and presence of his spirit, as we reflect on the difference he has made in all our lives through the power and miracle of his resurrection. How about a big amen for that? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Is everybody with me so far on this? Good, because I'm only just started. Just getting warmed up. Okay. Jesus' death Burial and resurrection was all part of the plan of redemption 
Okay, what Adam gave over to Satan in the Garden of Eden by disobedience was taken back by one perfect man's obedience. God reclaimed the blessing that was stolen in the Garden and got his family back. He gave us back the dominion and authority that rightfully belonged to us as his children. When Jesus arose from the dead after being crucified, a voice echoed through the universe. It is finished. Jesus left hell in shambles, totally and completely devastated. Satan was defeated, conquered, and under Jesus' feet. That means he's not going to be defeated. He already is. Big amen there. Jesus sealed Satan's defeat. It's done. Satan has no power over you. Listen to me now. Over you unless you give him the power. He has no authority unless you give it to him. Jesus did the final work. The finished work to seal his defeat. Now we need to live in that finished work. The work of resurrection power. Big amen there. Most Christians stop at the cross and don't take full advantage of all that Jesus provided. But we can and we will, as Paul explains in Philippians chapter 3. If you will start there with me this morning, please. Philippians chapter 3. Beautiful. I'd like to hear the pages turning. All right, now I gotta get a smile. Come on now. Come on, all you beautiful people. It smells good in here too, right? Flowers, beautiful. It's like a new season, right? Spring. Spring is in the air, amen. We got a lot to be grateful for. The devil tries to steal our gratitude all the time. Joy in the Lord is our strength. We all have resurrection power this morning. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul talking to the Philippians. He wanted to know Christ. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Now it says something else here. This is only something a mature Christian can handle. I want to suffer with him. Something we don't like to do is suffer. None of us want to suffer. But as Christians, we are called to suffer for his namesake. And if you're taught the wrong message, you'll walk away from this real quick. Because all of us suffer for his namesake. It says, I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Why? Look at verse 11. So that one way another or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. What does he mean in the resurrection from the dead? The crucifixion of the flesh. He want to experience that saying, I have the power now to say no to what my flesh wants and yes to what Jesus wants and actually be able to accomplish it. Experience it in your life. You know how powerful our sin nature is. We don't know how powerful it is until we try to say no to it. When we want to do something really bad and we know it's not right, the power of the Spirit gives us the nudge and the power to say no to it and yes to Jesus Christ. Amen? 
That's the power of the resurrection. And each and every believer has that power. But one thing you have to remember, he never takes away our free will choice. You have to make that choice each and every day whether you want to obey your flesh or obey your spirit. And you can't say that you don't have the power to do it because God put that power in you. You just have to believe it, receive it, and apply it. How about an amen for that? It's a choice. It simply comes back to a choice. God never takes away our free will. Although we wish he would sometimes, don't we? So we could just follow him faithfully. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <sighs> right? Every day we get up, we want to do the right thing. We find ourselves getting all frustrated over things real quick. Right? You get on your knees and pray in the morning. The devil gets even in the prayer. He tries to confuse us, make scrambled eggs in our head, and we can't even get the prayers up. The devil's always around. He's the battlefields in the mind. And then the world starts coming in and taking over, causing problems when you get in traffic, when you get in work, when you get in home with your spouse, with your kids. And then the other day saying, ha! <laughs> Am I the only one that goes through this? No. Oh, thank you. Because I got to get up every morning and go to work too, by the way, just like you. So I know how it is. And I know how, how hard it is to do this because I'm in it with you. We're all in this together, right? We're all in the same boat, amen? Yeah. All right, let me freshen up over here. I'm getting the signal. I'm online, I'm on the cameras, you know. People don't want to shut off because they got spooge on my face. They don't want to do that. We want people to get the message, amen? I want you all to relax and enjoy this. We come to church to enjoy the message, amen? So just relax, okay? Let's keep it simple this morning, my brothers and sisters. There is no Christianity without the cross and the resurrection. It is the core of everything we believe. Receive and experience in the earth, and thereafter, in heaven. Every Christian believes and receives salvation, but sadly, most aren't operating in the fullness of the resurrection power available to every one of us. Resurrection power doesn't come from heaven. It is in you right now. The anointing, the power of Jesus' resurrection that you have received from him abides in you right now. And when you activate it, it removes burdens and destroys yokes. The resurrection power of God is the most powerful force in the universe. Yet it has no power in your life until you activate it. Until you activate it. So how can we do this? Okay, let's start. Number one, how do we do it? We believe it. That's the first one. You have to believe that you have it. For it to operate. Unbelief is what keeps you out of having this power. So you have to believe it. It is not a feeling. It is a fact. The Bible is factual, not emotional. Being born again won't cause resurrection power to automatically operate in your life. You have to choose to believe it. Believing is what activates the power in your life. You activated resurrection power when you allow Jesus Christ to come into your life as your Lord and Savior. Think about what that accomplished. Deliverance. Forgiveness. Being made right with God himself. That's a lot of power. But you had to activate it by faith and by believing it. To access all the benefits, healing, abundant peace, joy, and every good thing, you must put that same belief, faith, into action to receive full use of the resurrection power in your life. 
Every yoke is destroyed under resurrection power, and every part of the blessing is released. Believe it. Most of us always hear about the death of Jesus and the forgiveness of our sins, but the resurrection is what gives us the power to live in such a way as to please God. We can't do it in the flesh and live the way you originally created us to live. Let's look at some ways that Jesus' resurrection changes everything. Go with me to Matthew chapter 28, please. We're going to be moving in the Bible, so stay with me here. Matthew chapter 28. I'll give everybody a minute to get there. Believe you me, if I didn't have that resurrection power, I would not be up here this morning. That's the only power that can keep me going. And it's the only power that can keep you going. How about a big amen for that? It's resurrection power. All of us possess it. And let's lock it in with scripture. Read the account. Everybody looks so beautiful this morning. I'm just so grateful what Jesus did. We don't understand. We take it for granted every day. But we have so much power. We have the power of the universe. Each and every Christian has the power to change lives. Matthew chapter 28, look at verse 1. Let us read the account. Early on Sunday morning, or after the Sabbath, on the first day of the week, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. See, when we see light, truth, that's what truth is. Truth is white. Truth is light. That's how Truthful this was. That's how true this was. Now listen to what it says. His face shone like night and his clothing was as white as snow. The gods shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid. Now, a lot of Christians are always living in fear, sadly. And fear is mentioned, fear not, 365 times in the Bible. The biggest thing that keep us from Serving the Lord is our fear. And the Bible tells us 365 times, fear not. Can I get an amen for this? Thank you. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. Look at verse 6. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come and see where his body was lying. And now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The woman ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. Just imagine that feeling, right? Being filled with joy and scared at the same time. Oh, boy. That's kind of how I feel every time I get to come up here. Every time I walk from here, this never gets any easier, by the way. 
from there to here, I get, I'm filled with the, both of that. I'm filled with joy and fright at the same time. Because I know I got the joy of the Lord in my heart, and He's going to give me the power, but my flesh is like this. And believe me, I'm no different than anybody else. Just like if I called one of these up here right now. That feeling, I have it every time I get up here. You know that feeling I'm talking about? Okay, well, I get it too, okay? So how about some grace for me too, all right? All right, thank you. <laughs> now we can relate, right? <laughs> they, look at, they were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them again, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. What a big amen for that. Again, don't be afraid. Each and every one of us, don't be afraid to tell people about Jesus and what he's done for you. Fear not. Believe me, the Holy Spirit will take over you. Don't be afraid to tell people what Jesus has done for you. Believe me, it'll bring the most joy in your heart and you ain't going to get it any other way. Okay, number one, it proves who Jesus is. As you will turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 1. The resurrection proves who Jesus is. Verse 4. Romans 1 verse 4. Look what it says. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. Now listen to what I'm going to tell you right now. He was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit and so were you. You were spiritually dead before you found Jesus. When you found Jesus and you accepted him into your life, he gave you a born-again spirit. He gave you his very heart, his very spirit he put in each and every one of us. You are now born again. That's what it talks about. You are now dead to the old life and alive to the new life. And now God is developing that new life in you every day as you grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord, study his word, fellowship with other believers. And it's a process that is going to happen every day until we go home to be with him. So please be patient with yourself, please. And please be patient with other people, because this is a this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. We don't all arrive there. We don't arrive there till we get home to be with him. Amen. None of us are perfect. There's only one perfect one. That's Jesus. So give yourself a break, okay? Be graceful to yourself. Everybody still beats themselves up when they fall short. That's like saying that Jesus didn't do enough at the cross for you. He took the beating for you. That's like beating yourself up more like that wasn't enough. That was enough, his beating for your sins. He already took the hit. You don't have to beat yourself up for your sins anymore. And please, don't beat your brothers and sisters up for theirs either. We've all been forgiven. Can I get an amen for this? We have to understand that he's not holding it against us anymore. The devil's holding it against you. He's going to make you feel like you fail every day. 
I can't believe you did that. You say you're saved. Look at the way you just acted. Look at the way you just yelled at them people. Look at what you did with them movements with your hands. Look what you just said. That has nothing to do with your salvation. That has everything to do with your sanctification. No, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm forgiven. You have to understand that, my brothers and sisters, so you can put the bat away. There is nothing like the power of Jesus' resurrection from the dead that proves to a lost world that he is indeed who he says he is. He is Lord. He is Savior. He is King. He is victorious. He is risen. There have been many false prophets throughout history claiming to be God or attempting to lead people astray. But no one else has ever given their lives for a lost world. Then, miraculously resurrect up from the dead. No one. Jesus Christ is the only one who holds the power over sin and death, who offers us a fresh beginning and a new life. How about an amen for that? Every day you begins afresh. You have to remember that every day you wake up, forget the past, and look forward to what lies ahead. Dust yourself off and get back in the race. Forget about it. You know that's Forget about it. <laughs> Forget about it. This is what we don't do. We hold on to it and we bring it into the next day and the next day. And we can't, we're living in the past and we can't experience the power of the resurrected life. Because we keep reliving it and reliving it and beating ourselves and the devil keeps bringing it to mind, we have to fight back with scripture. The only thing that can fight the devil is scripture. Jesus, when he was tempted, fought back with scripture. For it is written. So whenever the devil tries to beat you up, say, it is written. I'm a child of God. I am a child of the king. I have a resurrected life. Get behind me, Satan. It is written. He's going to try to do this every day to you. How many times does he defeat us? We simply forget. That's why these special days of remembrance that he brings Christmas, Easter, to remember what he did for you, that's why we do the Lord's Supper, to remember that we possess that power and that we have the power to fight back and say no to it and not live in that anymore, to live a new resurrected life. Jesus died to give you a rich and satisfying life, and it's up to you to live it, but you have to get rid of the old life. It always wants to jump back on you, right? God doesn't keep score. People do, right? People remember every bad thing that ever happened to them and forget every good thing that anybody ever did for them. And they hold it against them, and they say things about them, and they slander them and gossip, and God hates that. He says, you've been forgiven of everything. Why, you can't forgive anybody else? When you've been forgiven everything? He says, if you don't show forgiveness, I'm going to show you what it feels like to be unforgiven, that tormenting spirit that comes inside us. And God's the one who sends it. Until you say, I forgive, Lord, just like you forgive me. Can I get an amen for this? God is not a joke. Okay, number two, it offers us the power over sin and his forgiveness. Okay, go with me to Romans chapter 6. We're going to have to finish here. We will continue this message when we get back together. I could keep you here all day, but I want you to go spend some time with your families and enjoy it. The resurrected day. Amen? Matter of fact, no, lock the doors. Nobody's going nowhere. Okay, amen. God is good, amen? 
He's good to us. He loves us. He loves you. 1 Corinthians 13. Whenever you feel beat up and worn out by the devil, go read 1 Corinthians 13. He's patient and kind. He's always forgiven. Doesn't keep record of being wrong. God's not holding your sins against you. So don't you hold them against you or anybody else. You have resurrection power. Romans 6 verse 1. Well then, sarcastically Paul says, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? There's the human heart. I'm under grace. I can sin. No matter. And what does he say? Of course not. Since we've died to sin, how could we continue to live in it? Now, living in sin and falling into sin is two different things. You have to understand as believers, okay? We have sins of weakness. Every day we get up, you stub your toe, you say something you shouldn't have said, okay? Or somebody cuts you off on the road, you might have got a little crazy about it, right? But you're not living that way. He's talking about living in sin is a whole different thing. Living knowing what you're doing is wrong and living that way anyway. That's a whole different thing. You will definitely get chastened by God for that. Okay, he will take care of that for you. But if you have sins of weakness, his grace and his mercy cover that. How many of us can honestly say they always, they're always like Jesus every day? Okay? So let's get real here. This is a real church. We're here healing from that. None of us are perfect. Now it says, of course not. Or have you forgotten? This is, this, look, he says, of course not. Since we died to sin, how could we continue to live in it? In verse 3, why does it say, it says, or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, we, now, we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know, look at it says, do you know this? I want you to know this, okay? When you leave here this morning, you're going to know this. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. Why were they? So that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we also will live with him. And we are sure of this. Why? Because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death, has no, death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin, but now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. You died, and now that you live, you live for the glory of God. The same thing. Can't get amen for this. So now look at verse 11. Take this with you. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin, in a life to God through Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 12. Do not let sin control the way you live. Or do not let sin reign in your body, which is subject to death. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Now it's removal and replacement. Instead, 
Give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. Now we're talking about spiritual death, and now you're alive spiritually. Get it? So use your whole body, all every part of you, as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. For instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. So God's grace sets us free from sin. So that's how they understand. God's grace is more powerful than sin. Grace is the power to come up out of sin, not to stay in sin. So that's what it says. Now look what it says then. Look at verse 15. There's the human spirit again. Here's Paul. A rhetorical question. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean that we can go on sinning? Of course not, he says. Duh! Don't you get what I'm trying to tell you here? Don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. All right, verse 17. Thank God. Once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves of righteous living. How about a big amen for that? What does he mean by slaves? You know when your body wants to do the wrong thing? Instead of that, he says, I can't do it now. I can't steal that paper clip. I want to. I really want to take that thing. There's a million of them. Don't worry, they got more. But you got something in your heart saying, don't do it. Stealing a paper clip is no different than stealing, robbing a bank in God's eyes. It's in your heart. So that's the power I'm talking about. When you want to do it, you see it, it's tempting you. And you say, you can get the other side of you. You know, the angel and the devil on your shoulder. Remember the Flintstones? The angel on one side, the devil on the other. And the devil always tried to pitchfork the angel off. Now the angel's throwing the devil off saying, Amen. no, I'm not taking the paper clip. I, I'm a child of the king. It's staying right where it is. You're a slave to righteousness. Amen. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't make it any simpler. You get what I'm saying? Amen. It's that simple. Just by saying no to that, you had the, you just that wasn't anything in you because you know you would have took it. It was the power of the Holy Spirit convicting you not to do it. That's what we're talking about here. Can I get an amen for that? All right, you can get this. Jesus conquered sin and death on the cross. And he rose again, demonstrating his power over darkness. Love provided a way for us to be forgiven once and for all. He loosened the chains. He broke off the locks. He opened the way for us to walk in the forgiveness that he so graciously offers us. He wiped the slate clean. He paid the debt we owed. He now gives us the choice to come to him and ask for the forgiveness and freedom from sin that he alone can offer us. Many still choose to turn away and walk through this life doing things their own way. May God give us the wisdom to choose to walk daily in the powerful forgiveness and freedom that Jesus provides through the resurrecting power. Amen? Thank you for letting me share that. We are going to close there. The ushers are going to come up for the collections. We are going to stand and close with the song.
appreciate that. That was beautiful. Dave, you want to come up and close this this morning? We can buy our heads. Lord Jesus, thank you for the honor and the privilege to celebrate your death and resurrection these past three days. Yes, Lord. The eternal gift that you gave us of salvation, something that we can never return back, something that is eternally given to us, Lord, was given to us, paid in full by your death, and celebrated today your resurrection, a promise that you kept to us that you will return after three days, a promise of the resurrection, the new body that you will give all of us, Lord. And not just the eternal gift of salvation and the eternal gift of the new resurrection, but a gift of a new life, a peaceful life here on earth, yes, an eternal, happy, blissful one in heaven, which all await for us, Lord, which you wait for us there, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus Christ, as we go forth today on Easter, let us celebrate with our families, but more importantly, keep this in our minds, Lord, the price that you paid for our death, yes, things that you've done for us, Lord. Keep that in the back of our mind, Lord, as we go forth celebrating your death and resurrection. And I pray these things, Lord Jesus Christ, in your holy name, which we honor forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks, David. Thanks, everybody. The service is over. Have a great day with your family and friends. God bless. Until we meet again, peace. peace.